0: Last summer, our colleague Ryan December traveled to Grundy County, Tennessee, about 90 minutes outside Nashville. He was visiting a remote forest. And his tour guides were looking for some very particular trees.
1: I followed around a crew of what are known as a verification team who essentially were going into a forest. And these guys are fit. They hike nonstop. They are highly trained they can glance at a tree and tell you exactly what species it is.
0: A computer algorithm had sent the foresters into the woods to find these trees.
1: You know, the computer doesn't consider whether there's a road out to those trees. So you might end up parking on the side of the highway and hopping over the guardrail and trekking through some pretty inhospitable landscapes to get to these trees. You can encounter bears in these places and all sorts of wildlife.
0: The foresters were out in these conditions to measure the trees.
1: They would literally wrap a tape measure around each tree, note its species, note the circumference, you know, down to a tenth of an inch. And then they use this little laser device where they look through and they look at the treetop to figure out how tall it was.
0: With all those measurements, foresters can figure out how much biomass is in an entire forest. And then with some more math, how much carbon that forest can capture. These calculations will eventually be used as the basis for what are called carbon offsets. And the market for carbon offsets has been growing because some of America's biggest corporations are lining up to buy them. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Linebaugh. It's Monday, August 23rd. Coming up on the show, why not cutting down trees has become big business. This episode is brought to you by Charles Schwab. Decisions made in Washington can affect your portfolio every day. Washington Wise from Charles Schwab is an original podcast that unpacks the stories making news there. Listen at schwab.com slash Washington Wise. Historically, landowners have made money from trees by cutting them down. That wood has then been turned into houses and telephone poles and newspapers. But there's a new way to make money from trees. By keeping the trees standing and harvesting carbon offsets instead.
1: So an offset is essentially a financial instrument or something that a company can use to negate or sort of compensate for emissions that they're not able to do without. You know, an airline can't stop burning fuel. So companies are looking for ways to compensate for those emissions.
0: One way companies can compensate is by paying to keep trees standing. The carbon the trees absorb offsets some of the carbon the companies emit. And companies can buy those offsets as units. Each unit pays to keep enough trees standing to absorb one metric ton of carbon. Forest owners who want to sell carbon offsets need to figure out how much carbon their trees hold and how much carbon they capture as they grow, which means people need to go and survey that land, like in that forest in Tennessee that Ryan visited last summer.
1: Say you have a 20,000-acre tract in Tennessee. You're not going to measure every tree. That would be prohibitively expensive and take forever. So what they do is they divide the land up, the parcel up into different ecosystems, and you divide the different ecosystems and the species and you sort of survey what's there. Then a computer will determine how many trees and where you need to measure to be statistically significant. And the computer will pick these points, and then a trained forester will have to find those points, those GPS coordinates, and then they measure the big trees, and they literally wrap a tape measure on it and see how big it is. And in that market, a tenth of an inch matters. And they'll use a little laser device to see how, you know, it sort of makes a triangle with a laser and figures out how tall the trees are. And it's very expensive. And it could take them a week or two weeks, you know, posted up in some area to do all the measuring.
0: These kinds of surveying projects can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and are paid for by the landowners. Have you spoken with any tree farmers who've gotten into the carbon offset market?
1: hmm I've spoken to owners, large and small. Basically, the math just works, right? They could make more money selling carbon offsets, managing their woods, that tract of woods, by leaving the trees standing and managing them for the carbon market. And it was as simple as that. They might feel good about what they're doing, but that doesn't really get to play into their decision.
0: Carbon offsets have been around for a while, but the market really started to take off in the last decade, when California instituted a cap-and-trade system. California's system made it so that companies had to pay to pollute, and carbon offsets became a way they could lower their bills.
1: Offsets were put into that system in order to give companies another way to do things that were good for the environment, that compensated for some of their emissions, but had some benefit to society that would give them almost like a coupon toward paying their emissions tab. And you can earn those by doing things like paying people not to cut down trees.
0: Even though California's cap-and-trade system brought offsets into the mainstream, not that many companies bought them. For one thing, they weren't all that helpful for lowering a company's pollution bill. The state only allows offsets to make up for a sliver of a company's overall emissions. And for people who own the trees, state regulators set a high bar. Landowners had to agree to logging restrictions for 100 years. Only the biggest landowners could afford to sell them. But in recent years, the carbon offset market has boomed. How that happened, after the break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Workday. Workday. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at C3.ai.
0: The carbon offset market really started taking off in the past few years, One reason for that is companies have started making big promises to reduce their carbon footprints.
1: You know, when you see a big company say they're going to be carbon neutral by 2050 or whatever, carbon negative by 2030, and they they say these goals related to climate change, that's what's driving this market. Those promises to reduce emissions and make up for those that they cannot reduce. You know, an oil company and an airline, they can't get rid of all their emissions and all their pollution. So they look for things that will make a negative number on these carbon balance sheets.
0: And what are some of the businesses that are doing this?
1: I mean, it, it sort of runs the gamut. Right now, it's like really big companies, you know, the world's largest companies. So think about the oil major, Shell and BP, big technology companies that burn a lot of energy with their server farms. So you've got Amazon and Microsoft are big buyers. So really, it's the big companies that are driving this because they have sort of the extra money to throw into this business, which is not required by any regulators.
0: For some companies, these kinds of promises help appeal to a growing group of investors, what's known as ESG investors. ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. Basically, funds that promise to invest with the environment and social issues in mind.
1: We hear a lot about ESG investors. That's a huge mountain of money that's generally going toward companies that are perceived to be green or at least cleaning up their environmental act. And that's prompted a rush for standing trees to show investors that they're making progress or or trying to make progress toward these goals of polluting a lot less and making up for the pollution that they cannot do without.
0: So the demand for offsets is skyrocketing. And on the other side of the equation is the supply. That's going up too. And there are a couple reasons for that. One is a lot more landowners are interested in selling carbon offsets. Timber prices in many parts of the country are at their lowest in years.
1: So a lot of landowners are looking at their saying, I'm going to get a really low price for my trees. I'll sign up for this program and I'll get a check. You don't sell the trees. You don't sell the actual land. You still own that. And you can still log to a degree and do things and, you know, sell hunting leases and camping and whatever else you do with the woods. But you can't cut so many that the carbon stored in those woods declines. It has to be increasing over time. So you basically, you know, you look at those two markets and you just make that decision.
0: Another reason supply is going up is because more landowners can enter the market. That's because of companies like NCX, or Natural Capital Exchange, which has sold offsets to companies like Shell and Microsoft.
1: They have, this year, for the first time, worked with smaller landowners in the South and in some of the states around the Great Lakes to sell small numbers of offsets on relatively small tracks. These deals are one year at a time, and that idea is proving to be pretty popular with people who are growing trees specifically as an investment to sell to a mill.
0: At a time of low timber prices, a one-year deal gives these tree growers a way to make money until their trees become more valuable again. Plus, it's become less expensive for landowners to get into the carbon offset market because the cost of forest surveying has dropped.
1: There are companies out there that are endeavoring to use satellites and computers that are artificial intelligence and machine learning to replace the boots on the ground, foresters that have to go out and do these very precise measurements of trees by using satellite imagery to size up the trees and tell you how many trees there are, how big they are, how much they've grown over time. And the thinking is that by doing that and removing a lot of the upfront costs, you can start doing smaller and smaller tracts of woods.
0: So what are the criticisms of carbon
1: offsets? One of the most common criticisms is people will put it like this. They sort of liken them to papal indulgences, right? You pay a small fee, a sort of insignificant tax, so that you can feel good about behaving in the same way that you always did. Like, we feel good about paying for this forest to be preserved And that will allow us to keep driving our cars on the highway as much as we do and burning as much fossil fuel as we do and not really changing the habits that really need to change to really address the problem. That's sort of the main criticism. You know, you can sort of drill down also and say, okay, it's great that a big oil company is paying a landowner to manage their forest in a way that accumulates carbon and make sure that trees stay standing for a hundred more years. And that's great. No one's really got a problem with that. It's usually more the problem of what credit do they get for making that happen? And does that truly absolve them from carrying on business that generates pollution?
0: Right. It's like, if you can absolve yourself of your sin, then you can keep sinning. And always getting absolved for it
1: exactly and you know the other thing too these companies we're talking about these are some of the largest companies in the world for them a few million dollars to do a carbon offset project they get a lot of marketing value out of this right Mm. it might not be much more off their balance sheet than if they ran a bunch of ads and magazines and on tv right that's the criticism like small businesses aren't going to be able to fund a project that that starts out with a six-figure, you know, startup cost so that they can offset some of the, the emissions created by their business.
0: Well, not only that, it seems like the pandemic did more to stop corporate emissions at some level in terms of business travel or driving your car to work. And so baked into this whole idea is an acceptance of pollution as opposed to like pollution reduction.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's sort of the criticism is choose your metaphor, putting a band-aid on an amputation or something. You know, like the term for this is, there's a term and it's greenwashing. And people will invoke that term to say that these activities, while on their face, they're beneficial, they do little to solve the overarching problem.
0: That's all for today, Monday, August 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.